The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Alright everybody, thanks for tuning back in. Uh, I am back from a bit of a, a whirlwind trip. Uh, I started in uh, Chicago, I went to a wrestling show. I got up with my buddy Baron for a couple of hours, uh, went shoe shopping. I wore this pair of boots and they basically just started to explode on me. So the heel fell off. I had to do a little shoe shopping, which was nice. Uh, Baron hung out with me. We got some smoothies and then I went straight off to the airport and flew over to the UK. Uh, landed in Manchester, England and just immediately went from the airport uh, right to the hotel had enough time to drop off my bags and take a quick shower, change my clothes, and then I was right into the classroom. Didn't even have time for, for lunch or anything like that. Uh, taught some classes back to back, and uh, you know, it went really well. UK APP, it's a, it's a really special conference. Um, they do a lot with a little, you know, like they don't have a huge space, you know, they have what they need and, and really no more. Uh, they have the volunteer staff they need, no more, but they get it done really efficiently. You know, they, they pack a lot of information into a short period of time. So this year was uh, a three-day conference. I, I only got to attend two of those days. Uh, really packed in as much classroom time as possible in those two days, so I, I think it went really, really well. Um, big congratulations to the entire uh, UK APP organization. Uh, you're really impressing a lot of people. So uh, UK APP met up with a couple other US APP instructors. Paul King was there. Brian Skelly was there. Uh, we ended up all basically having the, the same flight over to Germany for BMXnet, so we all traveled over there together. Got into Essen, Germany on Wednesday and went straight to Unperfect House. That's uh, the venue for, for BMXnet, has been for, for many years. Um, really awesome venue, really unique space, really good vibe. Um, the staff there is just so impressive. Um, the uh, the venue staff and then you also have the conference staff Stefan and, and his team of volunteers um, Namru and, and, and Jonah and uh, it's just it's a really it's a really good group of people and um, all again super working hard with uh, you know not all the resources in the world you know uh, you can get really spoiled just coming to the APP conference and seeing that there's this volunteer staff of 50 people running around, then you have the registration staff, and then you have the scholars, and then you have the vendors, and you have the instructors, and all this stuff. You know, you have this army of 100 people putting on this conference in, in this giant hotel casino. Uh, and then you come over to UKAPP and BMXNet, and, or you go to LBP, or you go to wherever, and you know, and it's this small, really dedicated group of people you know, putting in so much of their own personal time and, uh, you know, carrying all that, that burden on their own shoulders, you know, without 50 people to help them. So, um, you know, huge congratula congratulations to, to all those people. Uh, BMXNet, I think this was probably my, my favorite year in, in recent memory of BMXNet. Um, the, the party vibe was definitely still there, but it wasn't, um, you know, party first, classes second. You know, a lot of people were, were coming to, to really learn and, you know, obviously they were being social and hanging out and partying a little bit at the end of the day, but, you know, that wasn't everything for them. You know, they were there to learn. Um, the schedule was really packed this year. You know, most of the time at BMXNet, 
there are maybe two or three different classes to choose from, you know, and, and if some of them are in different languages or if some of them are tattoo versus piercing versus suspension versus whatever, um, it's not super difficult to choose the classes that are right for you. But, but this year, a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads and trying to figure out, you know, how best to, to use their time because I think there were points where there were five, maybe six classes running at a time, you know, and uh, again, it might be it might be broken up between different disciplines or, or different language groups, but, you know, sometimes you had to make that hard decision of, you know, do I want to take, you know, this really uh, interesting looking class or do I want to take this really interesting looking class and, and which one would benefit me more? So um, I, I think it's really cool that BMX has grown to that point where it's this, you know, educational destination and, you know, they have all these different instructors from, from all around the world and um, a lot of different disciplines, you know, when it comes to, uh, suspension and rigging and you know tattooing or hygiene or you know artistic expression you know all the all these different things come together at BMX and, and it makes it a, a really unique event so I was a lot busier than I anticipated you know I, I knew I had a lot of classes but it didn't really hit me until I was kind of like boots on the ground you know so at um, UK APP I think I did five classes over two days and I was supposed to do six but I had a, a delayed flight so I ended up having to, to miss my, my first one unfortunately um, that was the oral and facial anatomy but luckily there were two sessions of that scheduled so the people who couldn't make the first session just kind of rolled into the second session and uh, didn't really end up missing that info but uh, then at, at BMXnet I think I did another I don't know four classes something like that five classes I don't know I did um, the oral and facial anatomy, and I did uh, the nipple and navel classes. Um, those I also did at, at UKEPP, so I got to kind of hone them in a little bit. Um, I got to do a marking workshop with Brian Skelly and Kel Belford. Uh, Beth Rosumsky was supposed to sit in on that, but she ended up getting one of those travel bugs. You know, a lot of the international instructors know how that goes. Um, you know, through all the different airports and airplanes and people you run into and hands you shake, you know, you pick up bugs and sometimes it, it kind of puts you down and makes you have to kind of just hang out in the hotel room and be snotty for a day or two. Uh, I also got to do a, a scarification workshop. BMXNet is the only place in the world where I teach scarification technique classes. Uh, I don't really feel comfortable teaching it in the U.S. because of legal issues. You know, there are lots of different states where it's it's just not legal, and I don't want to have to deal with um, any sort of liabilities, or anything like that. BMXNet a little bit um, you know loose and, and free, so you know you can kind of do different classes so instead of a lecture I, I just did a live scarification piece and I did um, Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty with like a mandala in his in his hair um, so uh, you can find it online you know it, it blew up a little bit on Instagram but that was super super fun to do um, thanks to Ian Human for, for being a, a great model for that one and uh, all the people that attended all the classes you know it's it's really cool to just see people engage to see those light bulbs pop over people's heads, you know, and people have questions and they, they really want to lean in and, and check it out and they really want to kind of digest the information. So it's it's really energizing doing uh, conferences like this. I come home and I'm, I'm ready to, to work. You know, I'm ready to, to work on a lot of different projects and, and get back into piercing in my studio. Uh, so while I was gone, you know, I, I had a, a lot of responsibilities while I was there. You know, it wasn't just the classes. There were a lot of different meetings. You know, there were lots of uh, U.S. APP board members there, U.K. APP board members, all the different people putting together BMXNet. So there were a lot of meetings going on. So at the end of the day, you didn't really get to kind of put your feet up and, 
you know, just eat and drink and hang out and laugh. Uh, sometimes you'd have to kind of hang around in it for an hour or two and in a meeting and, and talk about different projects going on here or there. So um, I didn't get to, to record as many podcasts as I would have liked while I was over there. I did get some good ones, though. My guest this week will be uh, Kale Belford and Beth Rasumsky, and we just kind of do a, a quick recap of how BMXNet was to us. Um, it was Kale's first time doing an international uh, conference, so it was really cool to get her perspective on that. Bethra is a, a super pro, has done tons of conferences all over the place, so it was really cool to get her perspective on that. Um, and then I also got a couple others. I, I got uh, an interview with Kim Hutchinson from the UK APP. She's uh, kind of moving her way up the uh, the hierarchy there. Um, that interview will, will be coming down the pipeline over the next few weeks. I have to edit that one. Um, I have a, a tandem interview with Ian Human and Nicholas Pinch. We talk about uh, some of the classes that they were working on for uh, for those conferences and kind of the state of uh, UK APP and uh, UK piercing in general. And uh, at the end of my trip, after BMXNet, um, it's it's kind of cheaper to, to fly out of Amsterdam than it is to fly out of Dusseldorf, which is a little bit closer to Essen, Germany. So I went to Amsterdam for uh, about two days, just kind of hung out, unwinded, decompressed a little bit. Um, you know, walked around, visited some coffee shops and ate a lot of food and just did like the tourist kind of thing. But uh, while I was there, my friend Sharon Loy also has some studios around the Amsterdam area. So I met up with her at uh, Dare to Wear in Amsterdam and we got a, a good conversation about uh, European piercing and conferences and, uh, you know, a couple different things. So you can look forward to or, you know, wait for those interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks on the show. And I've also got, uh, I mean, it never really stops, really. So in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be going to uh, an APP board of directors meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I'll be going to Camp APP for a week. I should be able to get a, a lot more interviews there, and it's definitely um, less pressure and kind of a, a slower pace, so I should be able to get some, some good content for you there. Just kind of shilling all the different uh, products and projects I've got going on. My registration is going really, really well for that uh, Hamilton, Ontario class on Sunday, November 4th. Um, there are still some spaces available, but it's going to get to a point where I'm going to have to cut off registration. So if you're anywhere near that Toronto or, or greater Ontario area, um, Hamilton, Ontario, Sunday, November 4th, you can find all the info at precisionbodyarts.com seminars. Um, you can search Facebook for Body Art Education by Ryan Willette, and you can find uh, all the different events for all the different classes I'll be teaching, and, and that's pretty much my, my only one that's open for registration right now. Um, but uh, don't sleep on it. You know, there is going to be a point where I'm going to have to start turning people away, and we're getting kind of close to that point already. So if you want to register, I would suggest doing that relatively soon. Um, I've got all my different shirts available, and I just had another super corny idea for another stupid piercer pun shirt that I'll probably be putting in an order for this week. I'll finally get some uh, some tank tops, some racer backs, uh, something uh, with with more of like a feminine cut on it. I've been getting a lot of requests for shirts, um, you know, more more female centric. So uh, I'll definitely be having some printed out with the, this next option. And if that goes well, then maybe I'll go back and I'll I'll print out some. Uh, some alternate styles for the Defend Piercing shirt and the Don't External Thread on Me shirt. Um, but for now, you can go to, again, precisionbodyarts.com, click on the Shop uh, button, and you can see all the different shirts and uh, different stickers and stuff that I have available on there. 
I'm still kind of working on that Portland, Oregon class, and I think the way it's going, it might end up being two or three days worth of Portland, Oregon classes. Um, I've gotten such an overwhelming response there because they constantly have to do continuing education hours. Uh, I've talked to people at the Oregon Health Department about getting my class accepted as continuing education. And uh, so, you know, if that happens, I, I think there are a lot of piercers that, you know, they need to take a class. So, you know, why not take my class? And I'm all for it because, uh, you know, I'm the one teaching my class. So um, I, I'm definitely going to do at least one day. It's looking like um, almost definitely two days and possibly even three days. Um, I talked to um, Kellen Smith about maybe doing a, a class at his studio, The Powers That Be, in, in Vancouver, Washington, also on the same trip. So um, who knows? It might be kind of like a, a little... Uh, you know, mini tour of a couple of different sites and venues and classes. Um, what else do I have going on, man? Today is my today is my like first day where I'm really kind of getting to like breathe. Um, I got back on Wednesday late. Um, had to go right into work Thursday and play catch up. Then had to pierce all day Friday and Saturday. Sunday I had plans all day, so I didn't really get to uh, to to do much to work on much. Now it's Monday, kind of early afternoon and. Um, I'm just kind of getting this quickly edited and recorded and thrown up. My interview with Kale and Bethra, um, not the best sound. I, I just had my portable recorder. I didn't have my full mic set up or anything on the trip because I didn't have the backpack space. So, um, you know, apologies for the, the dips in quality. Um, again, Bethra is kind of fighting off a, a cold, so you'll hear some, some coughs and some sniffles during that. Uh, and we're also just in a random basement uh, in, a, in a building in Germany. So not the most ideal um, sound recording conditions, but um, the content is good. So uh, enjoy that interview. But I don't know what I'm going to do today. I guess I have to go into work and catch up on the paperwork from last week. Uh, and then hopefully I can maybe just have a day to myself this week where I don't have to go into work at all. I don't really have to work on a podcast or a class or the... A oh, God damn it. I have all these APP projects I have to work on too. Um... Well, anyway, back to the grind. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, I appreciate all the people who say that they're still listening to the show and, and the viewership or listenership or whatever you call it. The people listening to the show is growing and growing and growing each week, um, especially now that it's available on Spotify. So, you know, again, thank you to everybody who, who takes the time out of their week to, to listen to me ramble. Um, I really appreciate it. And if you want to see any sort of content on the show, if you want to hear a specific interview or a specific subject or anything, just reach out and talk to me, uh, RyanPBA at Gmail, or reach out to me on Facebook or, you know, the Facebook Piercing Wizard podcast page, like that, comment on that, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to go and, I guess, do dishes and get back to reality. But thanks for listening and enjoy the interview. Uh, so we're in a basement uh, in, in cool basement. Unperfect house in Essen, Germany, uh, and I'm staring at a bunch of cool like Star Trek nerd models that look super awesome. So cool. um, go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Beth Rosumsky. That's it. Yeah. Just <laughs> I, have a, I have a cold. I'm Beth Rosumsky. I'm traveling in Germany, and I spent most of the last two nights with Kleenex stuffed up my nose. It's been real cool. The travel woes. <laughs> I like super overdo it on vitamins for like two weeks leading up to yeah. any trip just because I've, I've had trips where I've been done you know like I, I catch a really bad cold on a plane and then it's just like the whole trip sucks for me and my yeah. classes suck and, and you're done yeah you yeah and who oh, are yeah. you I who am I I am Kale Belford and this is my first year at BMX net <laughs> how, are, how are you feeling about it it seems like you're really taking to it yeah it's been a, actually it's been a lot of fun I've had a really great time and 
Um, everyone's really friendly. I love all the different languages and accents and everyone that I meet is from somewhere else. It's just super neat. Do you feel self-conscious about how many times you say, what? Like with people's accents sometimes? Actually, I haven't like... had it that much. Okay. Um, most of the English speakers are pretty good, like mm -hmm. the people that are speaking English, but um, they miss words or um, they drop the S on a lot of words a lot. So it's kind of funny to just like, aha, uh -huh, you're not, yeah. that's not your first language. <laughs> you... <laughs> but it, everyone's super sweet. You'll actually get to where you can tell what country someone is from based on how they speak English. Okay. Yeah, so so it, it gets to be where like the whatever mistakes in grammar there are are specific to country. Okay. Yeah, and it's usually to do with their own language patterns and how they put sentences and things together. So yeah, you, even within that you start to pick up patterns right. and figure out where people are from. Like trying to talk to Sampa and realize like, oh okay, gosh. I can I can understand Sampa speak. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got a pretty thick accent. Yeah, but it's part of his charm. Right. <laughs> so what were some of your like preconceptions of BMX before you came here? Because I think some people think of BMX as like, this is the party conference. Yeah, you know? um, I heard that it was really crazy and that um, people stay up all night just partying and it's like crazy partying. And, um, you know, I heard that it was just uh, very unorganized. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think actually, people would have it, said the same thing about APP in Vegas at some points too. Yeah, but it actually hasn't been too unorganized at all. There's been a couple delays here and there, but um, you know that comes with any conference, I think. And um, actually, the partying has been a lot more mellow than I was warned about. So um, you know, I came into it thinking it was going to be one thing, and it actually reminds me a lot of of camp, like a, a weird <laughs> camp, like. APP like or Vegas camp. conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, There's like a bohemian kind of vibe here. Lots of people barefoot. Lots of people yes. just kind of hanging out and I've like talking that. over a cup of coffee or a beer or something yeah. like that. And it's, it's it's nice to see it. It's it's different. I haven't yeah. seen anyone uh, fall over drunk. I see that a lot <coughs> in Vegas right. just on the first mm -hmm. night. Yeah. I haven't seen that once here and people have been putting them back. So This year seems <laughs> subdued. I mean like... All the like cool hangout areas, it's like a beer bottle graveyard by the end of the night. Yes. But I haven't seen anybody like embarrassingly drunk, no. people missing classes or like painful hangovers the next day. This year does seem really well organized. For yeah. for such a small organizational staff, I mean it's Stefan plus <coughs> maybe five or six yeah, other people it does helping. Not have many volunteers. Yeah, but it's going pretty smooth. Yeah, I've, I've that's a solid it. core of people. Yeah. Like I see the same volunteers year after year. They seem to kind of pull it together. And also the staff at the Imperfect House, I don't know how many people here realize, a lot of the people that work our event don't work at this facility anymore. Yeah. They may have when um, when our group first came, but then they fell in love with the group and they just come for us. Yeah. Yeah, so we have we have people that have like one of Stefan's brothers, mm -hmm. uh, Sebastian works here. Yeah, he works at the uh -huh. bar. And then I think he's super nice. I think Martin only comes for our event. I don't know if he works here full time anymore. So, well. so there are a handful of employees at this facility that are specific to, to our group. That's my understanding, anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and they're they just like because they don't normally stay open late. Either. Yeah, like they do. Right. Like they have special hours for our group. They have special considerations for our group like they are very supportive of yeah. the mission i yeah. would say that 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 goes a long way mm -hmm. you know what i mean like this thing wouldn't be what it is without the support of imperfect house right 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think that Which you can just collective. pick this yeah. up and move it to another venue <laughs> yeah. because I've seen I've seen BMX at other venues. I said yeah, the, the year in Berlin mm-hmm. where the ho- the hotel just hated our conference. No, they were so not helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and they just you know they they saw it as like okay, professional conference. We want to monetize it wherever we can, and they just nickel and dimed us, and they just didn't they didn't get the vibe. They didn't like the party atmosphere <laughs> of it, or like the communal atmosphere right, of it. Right. Um, so that didn't work out. But BMX here, you know. This, this just feels very natural. This place mm-hmm. is great too. There's yeah. so many like art rooms and different oh, types it's of fascinating. art. We're down here in the basement, and we just discovered all of this like cool stuff. Yeah, like, like sci-fi sculpture. There's room. so much to see here, and the more I walk around, the more I see, and it's just. This is K9 from Doctor Who. Oh my god, oh these are all my robots! Gosh. Yes. And here's the thing: for those of you guys out in podcast land, so like. We're like in a basement with this low roof and this one workshop, they have built a whole nother shelf above the workshop and on it are a bunch of different starships, but they're all lit. They're all fully wired with lights that blink and are on like, it's like, it's so weird and cool. And it's like, nobody come, nobody's down here. It's like, yeah. Totally dark, and I just spilled a, spilled a soda all over the floor and had to find a sponge <laughs> to mop it up. But It's cool that they have the level of trust in a facility like this, because uh, from what I've heard, I don't know if it's entirely accurate or not, but this, this whole building is basically kind of a tax write-off, non-profit thing for artists. Uh-huh. And really the trade-off is you can have the artist space here for little to no cost, but mm-hmm. you have to be kind of accessible to the public so you mm-hmm. can share your art. Right. You have to be productive. Yeah. But yeah. the whole place is just a, a honeycomb of yeah, different yeah. photographers so and sculptors. Yeah, yeah. And you saw that the, the knitting. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of knitting stuff there's a dark. There are two dark rooms right, oh, yeah. uh, right out there. Great. Yeah, That's cool. <laughs> and it's all state of the art. I think mm. the benefactor here is, is someone that's really, really wealthy. And then they added on the hotel some years ago. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're building onto it. Mm. So it's I, I think it's a thriving kind of non-profit. Like it's... Yeah. You know, either paying for itself well or just well endowed, one or the other. It's really, really cool. I feel like something like this um, would just draw in <coughs> a lot of artists. You know, yes, so I, yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen anything comparable in the states before. But no, I would imagine, no, it's really cool. If they had something like this, people would gravitate towards. Even it. just the outside of the building is really cool with all the plants oh, and yeah. the balconies mm. and it's it's, it's, a, just, it's just one piece of art. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the mousetrap. Yeah, you I know, saw the mouse that. Trap yeah. When it goes, it's like a. You know the game Mousetrap, just to describe it for people. The balk there are a series of balconies. I think there are four or five stairs, and the, and the balconies all let out to the to the kind of bricked alleyway street, kind of out front where everybody kind of hangs out and there are chairs and benches. And along the front of that metal uh, series of balconies, someone has built um like a mousetrap like thing where you the ball goes in the top and it goes through all of these different things like the game mousetrap until it comes down yeah. and I think then it shoots back up. That's cool. But it's it's really, really cool. Have you yeah, ever like seen it work? Wheels. Yeah. Oh. Huh? It's I really, it. really neat. I haven't seen it work. Yeah. I've noticed it out there <laughs> yeah. but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Cool. Yeah. So what are, like, what are some of your takeaways? Like, are there different conferences that you feel like inspired like you want to get out and check them out UKAPP or LBP or wherever is this kind of changing your perspective on yeah. the piercing reality outside of the US um, yeah so it's my first time um, coming to a conference or teaching outside of the US and um, it's different mm-hmm. but it's interesting and I would I would be really interested in checking out like the UKAPP I know there's a Russian APP mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a one in Spain, I believe. Yeah. Um, I would be very interested in going to see those, as long as it's English-speaking, of course. The, I know the Spain one, they really try to make it for Spanish speakers. Okay, you know, yeah. I, I know Russia, they had some, like Cody was there, and they had some U.S. Yes, instructors, yes, so yeah. they have more translation. But I think that there are definitely some organizations where they're trying to have it be native language more and have it be more accessible. More, yeah, yeah, more inclusive to their area. Totally. Yeah. I just love seeing how... Everybody's got the same struggles around the world. They might have different access to different materials. So, you know, piercers here, piercers there. Um, they, they always want to learn those new techniques and, and see those new materials and all that stuff. But uh, I love the perseverance of people over here because they have so many more obstacles that they have to work through. Yes. And they still stay motivated. They don't get bummed out, you know. I'm sure it's disappointing that they have to pay import tax and wait extra time and everything right. like that. But I just love seeing that. You know, if there's a piercer in California, but there's a piercer in Berlin, you know, it's the same struggles, it's the same industry, and we're all kind of trying, aiming towards the same goal, just getting there in different ways. I love it. I just, yeah. I love that wider perspective it gives you. Oh, it is really nice. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I still don't really have many words because I'm still here and I haven't been able to <coughs> just kind of sit back and, and reflect mm-hmm. on this week. So it's just, uh, it's, it's great. It's been great. How, what's the reception like to your classes? Um, they've been really good. Uh, all my classes have been full. Um, I did the marking workshop with you. Um, that class was quite full. Um, I heard a lot of cool things. What was it mainly that you were focusing on there? Because I was focusing on like, you know, if you're trying to do like symmetrical clavicle surface piercings and how you make a big grid and calipers and all this junk. But I think people were coming over from your group with more... The, ear kind the of ear project stuff. stuff. So and... I did ear complexity my first day, and I think a lot of the people in the marking workshop had been in my class yeah. because they were just like, "How do you mark like a triple forward helix, or how do you do triples and the snug?" And so they just wanted to see more of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what I focused on in, in my group. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> what do you think are like the the more common questions you get like when people pull you aside after a class and they they're just dying to ask somebody from a different area like what's your secret on this like has there been something that's been getting more interest in always more questions? basic stuff yeah here's the thing most piercers do 90 percent basic stuff mm-hmm. and and you know so i think that the 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 one of the pitfalls of being an educator <laughs> is this idea that we're going to teach them things that might be interesting to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to take them to that next level, assuming that they have everything they need for the first one. Right. You know what I mean? Like most people are to at least to some degree self-taught, you know, and or didn't have really adequate apprenticeships. Who knows who taught them and what kind of information they had. So like this idea of... <clears throat> Really, what people get the most out of, and I what get the best feedback is fundamentals. Yeah, <laughs> like you know how to use a snip, how to how you know how mm. to you know how to how to think through things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone's way more likely to need to mark a an ear thing in their daily piercing life right. than match surface clavicles. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was and, answering that from a question, no, no, but no, no, I was and, like, what but, about a nip? Let's talk about something you do every day. Right. And yeah. that's, and so I'd say it's, it's definitely the leg up on, on the daily grind of making a living, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, when it comes to like business suggestions, how to make a living. Yeah. Because 
you know, most European piercers, Britain or England or the mainland, are are not making really strong livings yeah. at this. Or they're, they have to work in two or three different jobs. They have to work shops. different jobs, or they're, yeah. they 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 kind of have to scrape by, and so they m- might be surviving, but they're not necessarily thriving to the extent that we're beginning to see in the U.S., mm-hmm. where they can make a kind of comfortable living. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and so I think that any kind of tips, you know, like like with the color theory stuff, it's like one of the suggestions that someone from the UK made to me was, could you think about doing a class with basic ordering? Like, you know, when you're, when you're ordering your first 20 pieces of gold that you're about to wait 19 weeks for, they better be sellers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, like you can't, when that's your, your thing, like you can't afford to sit on one single thing that comes in your order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if bees aren't selling this week, I can sit on five of them What's until the they thing? are. Are bees super hot over here? Because They're in and out. I tried to carry They're some in, in my out. place once and nobody cared. They're really popular. Oh, we sell so really? many bees. Yeah. We sell so many all bees. All the time. And now yeah. snakes, I think I got in 10 snakes in Vegas and they all sold. They're really? all gone. I think we have maybe, we have maybe one or two left. But like, so that's the thing. Like you can't afford, you know, to have non-sellers. And that goes for like neo-metal stuff. That goes for a lot of things. Yeah. So I think that, you know, like, I can take for granted that I can sit on, you know, 10 Peridot mm-hmm. indefinitely until Peridot hits or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, these folks don't have those kinds of luxuries. And yeah. kind of, I think understanding your audience is really super important in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who are you teaching and what is their situation? Yeah, because if you over-teach, it's really not beneficial. No, it exactly. just, it's just point, it's, yeah. Yeah. And that, but that's a, that's an issue in the U.S. too. People think like, oh, this is, you know, based on where they're at, Mm -hmm. where their education level is, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people go into a conference and a lot of the classes are geared towards that elite, you know, taking someone who's good and making them great, you know, but it doesn't really take someone who they never maybe had a lot of foundational experience or an Mm -hmm. apprenticeship or a, a mentor or anything like that. Um, there's really not a lot or as much information for those people that are just like, hey, I just want to know how to functionally use a blade needle versus a cannula. Right. I want to I understand how to <coughs> drop clamps and, and try with just my hands. Or I want to try to understand internal thread jewelry rather than like, you know, how to sell a thousand dollar piece of jewelry and put it through your hydrum and your statum and your anodizer right. and sterile gloves and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but what if people are struggling with a foundation? You know, you have to have that information for them, too. Yes. And that foundation is wide. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it covers a lot of things. <clears throat> so I think that's the, that's the main thing. Yeah. You know? So if you were going to be asked back next year, either of you, like what kinds of classes based on this year and your experience this year, what kind of classes do you think would be beneficial to people in the future? Cause one, one idea that I've had for UK APP for a while is just a class on how to transition from cannulas to blade needles. That's it. You know, this is, these are the different, yeah, I think I want to try something like that next year, but do you have any other ideas for something that would be beneficial to like specific markets? Um, maybe more basic Mm -hmm. kind of classes. Like we were just kind of talking about. Um, I noticed a lot of people came up to me after the ear class and they, they thought it was going to be more, um, like basics, even though it was called complexity, Mm -hmm. which was still, basic piercings but the more like maybe advanced ones are ones that you don't do that often so i think would be interesting to 
to maybe kind of step back a little bit and just kind of give more, them more fundamental of a, kind of info. Yeah, yeah. but um, I still liked the ear project thing. A lot of people kind of freaked out over that. They just I heard some great responses. From never that. seen anything like yeah. that because so. people see it on Instagram and they yeah. might not be able to wrap their head around it. You know, some yeah. of the stuff that I see you or Rob Hill or Luis do, I'm like, I'm a pretty experienced piercer and I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, also had a lot of questions about marking, so mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it would be great to do more marking, maybe another and workshop. And within that just... too, you have to keep in mind that not all products are available everywhere. Yeah, right? of course. So it's like marking with whatever, figuring out what's available in, in Europe mm -hmm. and, and going with that, you know, tips. Because having pe teaching people to mark with whatever we have available in the United States is bullshit. Right. It might not be realistic. You know what I mean? Like, and, mm. and I figure find that when I'm just trying to pierce people with the equipment that's available here, it behaves completely differently mm. than what I'm used to. Yes. And so, so sort of doing those seminars, but with an understanding of what these folks are actually working with at home, so that it's relevant mm -hmm. right, to right. them. You know, and that's where the dilemma of being a foreigner comes in. Now here, people are foreigners, you know, but state to state, like what we would consider the landmass of a state, they're foreigners by language next door to each other. So that's <clears throat> another kind of tricky piece of the puzzle is mm. sort of, you know, unifying to some extent. You know, these are the products at least you have available in the EU. Yeah. You know. Broad strokes. And, right. and like a lot of a lot of what I try to do here is give them multiple options. You know, when it comes to marking, it's like, okay... Toothpick and gentian, uh, marker, sterile marker, back of the needle. So, like, mm -hmm. there are these different options. I don't like to come into it and be like, this is what I do at home, and this is exactly what I do, but you might not <coughs> be able to get it here. <coughs> Pure cleanse and optum and certain right. stuff. And it's like you want to be able to give them kind of a broad range for that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I love this conference. Like, uh, I've been coming to it a, a fair amount, and it really just kind of helps me realize, I don't know, what... What different markets need and like it, it makes me a better instructor because now I can kind of think well what does Germany need what does the mm -hmm. UK need versus what the US needs I think the US is a lot of like they want marquee classes and they want like some zazz and whatever and um, here I think people are just they have questions they're too nervous to ask them mm -hmm. yeah, and a lot of times they come up at the end and it's like I know you were just teaching about nipples and navels but yeah. can I ask you about this a and lot like, totally more one on one you yeah. know People in America don't realize how insular American piercing is mm -hmm. either. You know what I mean? Like they they don't ha they can't conceptualize what it would be to be a piercer anywhere else in the world. They just assume everyone has the exact same parameters, yeah. and so often they're very um, derogatory towards piercers of other countries mm -hmm. without really understanding what they face yeah. in terms of product availability and jewelry avail availability and manufacturing availability like <laughs> it really kind of is a bummer and that's why I like to see more and more people coming and exposing themselves to other aspects of piercing because that's when you start to get a better feel for what we're lacking and what we have going for us mm -hmm. you know it's a little bit more of a balanced perspective on yeah. American piercing like when piercers back at home whine and complain like you know I, I will whine and complain privately about five month wait times <laughs> On jewelry, everyone. But you everyone. also have to take into that perspective. At least you don't have to pay an extra twenty percent mm -hmm. for value-added tax mm -hmm. to import it. You don't have to just mm -hmm. deal with something maybe getting stuck in customs right. for an extra month on top of oh, that. Oh, they let it through at all? If, yeah, right. if you can even get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you're listening and you're back in the states and you're like, you know, stressed out about stuff like that, imagine that it can be much, much worse. 
and the people over here are persevering, <coughs> they're putting in that extra effort. Hi. Hello. Hello. I think I'm wrong here. Oh. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to hit on? Do you want to, what's going on with camp prep? You feel like you're, you're on course yeah, for that? Yeah, we've got classes are lined up in two more days. The price goes up, so I think we're, <clears throat> we're going to get our last minute straggler registration. And, yeah. How's yeah, the response this year? Because I, I think every year, year there's a little bit more buzz about it. That's the same as last year. Yeah. It looks but like about have... the same amount of people are going to show up. Yeah. Right. And the same amount of people are going <laughs> to complain about having to like, it's dirty and it's outdoor. It's camp. No, it's camp. you know what? People, people mostly, they either come and they're prepared for that or they just don't come. Right. Like people who aren't into dirt and bugs just don't show up. Mm-hmm. So that I think it's, we've, we've or, successfully... Or yeah, but I, I think that hasn't happened since the first year. Yeah, I think, uh, was it Dan Steinbacher showed up and he was just like, I can't do it. He, he was like sleeping in his car. car. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and then he just left. He was like, I can't. It's yeah, just it's not okay. me. It's not for everybody. It's not for everyone. You know, no. he's, you know, he's sponsored by a bakery that just gives him free artisanal Pop-Tarts. What? It's the weird. It's the cutest. It's the cutest I'm damn impressed. thing. Dan, but at conference, he was just handing us. out artisanal pop tarts, and he has it. a whole thing artisanal on his Instagram Pop-Tarts. page of all of his piercer friends bursting them open, and it's him. like, what? I want a sponsorship like that, a bakery. That's amazing. But anyway, That's kind of, and thanks to Stefan and the crew here yes. for sure. Yeah. I mean, they they do it year after year, and that's kind of amazing. Because this thing is not, it's not easy to organize an event. No, definitely not. And whenever event. I talk to him, like, okay, so we all know Caitlin and we all know how frazzled Caitlin can get during mm-hmm. points of conference where it looks like she's just crumbling, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Stefan, he always has this like sort of smirk <laughs> smile on his face where he's yeah. just like, yeah, you know, my hair's on fire, but it's cool. Don't he's worry about it. Ruffled, yeah. He's like impervious no, and to it. And his whole family, you know, his wife, Mary, everyone. Everyone works really hard. Yeah, everybody jumps in. And, but the cool thing is, too, is the attendees, you never hear them complaining or moaning. You know, they're like, okay, you know, registration wasn't ready exactly on time, but it's cool. I'll go get it's a drink BMX. and I'll come back. It's BMX. You right. just don't yeah. expect it. Right. Or if classes start a little bit early <coughs> or a little bit late or yeah. if somebody doesn't have a perfect seat, they just kind of roll with it instead of like, I'd like to file a complaint. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is very different. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. So the dust down here is officially going to kill me. Okay. I'm going to have to go. Okay. Well, we can just wrap it up. So if people want to find you guys online, what's like your social media, shop names, all that stuff? Beth Rosensky, um, Virtue and Vice, and Pain and Wonder. And now Queen Bee. Queen Bee. <laughs> um, I am Miss underscore Kale, C-A-L-E, not the vegetable. <laughs> um, that's on Instagram. You can pretty much find me anywhere using that. So. And you're the person doing all the APP social media, basically. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what happened. That was that wasn't me. Uh, <coughs> that was my phone. I am the chair of the social media committee, so um, you know most of the stuff that you see on our social media pages. I'm not the only one posting. I have great volunteers on there, but um, I do post a lot. <coughs> I'm usually the one answering questions. So um, if you have questions, you're always more than welcome to message me on there too. Cool. Bye. All right, let's go in the socialish. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. 
music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>